the living poop. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Super Sugoi Cast on the NOTLG network. I'm Justin. And I'm Alex. And this week we watched Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. It was about, I don't know, an hour and 48 minutes, I think it was what it was? Maybe. I don't know. I actually didn't pay attention to the time. It seemed like it took forever. It, it was it, pretty long. It felt like it was four hours long. <laughs> four hours? <laughs> that's, that's a little dramatic, I think. No, it was. It <laughs> felt, it was just so slow. It was. I, I wouldn't say as slow as the Naruto Shippuden movie we watched, but it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty slow. close. I, I don't know about that. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty decent. It was slow. It came out in 2010 in Japan and 2012 here in the U.S. It follows everyday student Shiro, who suddenly finds himself part of a war where humans are able to summon these spirit warriors to fight for them yeah. as they're trying to gain, I don't know, they're, they're trying to get the Holy Grail. And I guess, like, the Grail grants them, like, I, I want to say it was, like, a wish or something, or maybe it was yeah, just, it like, gives them, like, power, ultimate power. Something. Yeah. I guess this this was based off of an animated series, which came from a light novel, which then came from a video game first. Yeah. Well, it was a computer game, though, not computer a video game. game. From my understanding, this film was like a recap of the animated series. Yeah. It seemed like it was a recap of the second series. Okay. I don't know if it was just the first season or the first and second season mm-hmm. of the second series, but it was, <laughs> yeah, but it was a recap of that. Which they do quite often in anime. Mm -hmm, They do. And it's nice when it's done well, but I always find that these movies tend to leave out a lot of info because you're trying to cram, you know, 13 episodes worth of detail and storyline into two hours worth of movie. (laughs) And and bringing on that or hitting on that point, the main character, Shiro, he's just an average student and all of a sudden he's like walking a friend home from his house after dinner or something like that and he ends up seeing two of these like summoned spirits fighting and one ends up like stabbing him in the heart. Somehow he lives, by the way. Yeah. But like in doing so, also now he can like summon a spirit. Like he got like this command mark on his hand. Right. It was very unclear how he became part of the story. Exactly. And like, yeah, all of a sudden he had his own summon warrior spirit to fight for him. And he met this girl who she summoned somebody before they were supposed to be there, I guess. Because that's what he said. Memory or something. Yeah. But it was like, how does she know magic? How how did Shiro have a warrior of his own? Yeah. What what where did this holy grail come from? You yeah, know? exactly. Like, but like even with all what, this battling this? happening, near towards like the end of the movie, he starts like summoning these two blades, which you find out matches like the archer, which was the summon of the girl who like knows magic. Right. It seemed like he could mimic other people's Weapons, magic, which was weird though, because it was like this dude has no idea how he got the summons, let alone right. how to use the summons or how to use the command. And also, like midway through the movie, he knows how to summon weapons and fight. I'm so confused. It was very strange. They didn't explain anything that we needed to know. <laughs> I mean, if if you're looking at it as just a recap, yeah, you're not going to know what the hell is happening because you probably should have at least played the game or read the light novel or watched the animated series, which I'm sure has more details. Now, if you'd seen any of this or read any of this, you know what's happening in the plot. That's probably a decent recap for you guys. But right. for newbies like us, we just wanted to watch this to see 
how it was and we're confused <laughs> yeah like the basics were clear we understood that all of these people were fighting over something and they were all enemies and you know they could summon people but we just didn't know like the who the where the why yeah. you know it just it was it was very incomplete for me well and you also hit on a point when we were talking about the notes for this earlier today like where the hell is everybody else like it was literally only these people who summoned their spirits and then the spirits themselves and like the holy grail priest i guess is what he was yeah i, I don't know he seemed like he was i don't know kind of in charge of everything like maintaining you know? it. he had all the mm-hmm. info and he knew how to do stuff and whatever but he didn't like train anybody no there he... was well there was one point though when they were at the school and, like, all the other students were passed out because people were stealing their energy, like, Sailor Moon status. Mm-hmm. But even then, it was like, okay, so why is nobody else involved in the story? How come nobody else can see these people fighting? Yeah. Do all these other people know magic? Like, can they all become Magus's too and have summons of their own? How, yeah. does, how does this work? It, you, know? you know, you actually kind of hit on a good point. I didn't really think about it. Is the fact that there's students passed out in the classroom and then when he first learns about it someone he's going to school you see students then yeah and then you know of i think his mom right right and or i think that's his mom she works in the place that he I works i assume what's going on with that anyway right. yeah again the who's what is like, those are the only people you see but you have battles going on like in the middle of the city getting, like, and messed up and trees right. and how do you not see this stuff yeah and it's just it's weird it, it, how you get the spirits in the first place to even battle like yeah. i guess there's a summoning ritual that you somehow learn but like how would you even know about it in the first place and right then, it wasn't like you know harry potter where you're told you're a wizard yeah. you know it was these people just all of a sudden had stuff and it was like okay and i think there was only supposed to be like six great warrior spirits or whatever the heck they were but there I ended up being there like seven, seven but oh. there ended up being seven because there happened to be like a spare lying around after that one like crazy dude That's lost right. his first spirit yeah and like somehow like somebody like spirits held it like defected from their original masters which wasn't supposed to be possible but yeah like, they, they could, could choose to listen to them or not something it was, i don't it know it just didn't make sense in, yeah. in a lot of ways for us because we weren't familiar with the original stories exactly like it wasn't bad. Mm. It was it was entertaining to watch. Like, well, okay, hold on. The fights were very <laughs> nice to see. They were pretty. Everything was animated. You know, it was gorgeous to look at. Exactly. Like, yeah, but as far as the story went, it fell pretty flat. And so, like in between the fights, we were just kind of like, all right, well, when's the next fight? You know? Yeah. Because well, <laughs> that was all we had to look forward. It to. didn't need to be a two-hour long movie. No, it, it didn't. It looked nice. The fighting, I thought, was great too. It was really good scenes when they actually had battles happening. But right. It was just like I don't know if like story-wise, yeah, it really didn't need to be that long. Yeah, and I guess Unlimited Blade Works, which is the title of the movie, it ends up being a, a final move that the main character learns. Because I guess he really he weak, ended up though. being the spirit himself. From what like I a got futuristic of it, spirit of himself. Yeah, what yeah. I got out of it was that like it was him in the past, and he he grows up and becomes this spirit mm-hmm. or something, and mm-hmm. so he was trying to learn himself i don't know it was no, weird. it was like was, a time travel kind of the way it was the, the space way it, like, time it continuum seem was that like he had hardship when he was younger and he got taken in and raised by like other a people second life and then so like as he was going on in the future of normal self he does all these battles and he's killing yeah. all these people to save the many and i think he lost himself when he was doing all that and he was always alone so he like mentally broke down and was like this is not the path i want so when he ended up getting summoned back as a spirit 
in the past some weird way he was trying to kill himself because he didn't want to have him his past self have to go through what his future spirit self was had already gone through but wait what who yeah. are you even talking about are you the talking archer. about shudo oh you're yeah. talking about the archer because the archer is shudo but it's in the future right he's like his future warrior spirit yeah but he's trying to kill himself in the past because he doesn't want his past oh. self to go through his future self's hardships okay wow i actually explained that so much better the same you time did around. that i get it now <laughs> see why couldn't you have been like the narrator for this at the end of the movie <laughs> i don't know because it takes me two tries to get it right that's okay i get it now and yeah. it makes more sense but well, it shouldn't have taken, like, you know, a few days after watching it to, to understand it. what's happening. <laughs> okay, and then I have, like, some gripes with some of the battles, too. I think they were all supposed to be good spirits. Like, no one's supposed to be evil, I don't think. No, what it was was that they were the spirits of actual Well, six old great warriors. warriors or something like that. Yeah, because, like, the guy that came in at the end, he was Gilgamesh. Which is a real person, or at least in story form, he's a real person, what guy? like in our lore. The one who had like the wall, the wall of... of weapons that oh, would he's just actually fly somebody out. you know. Yeah, he's ah. like an old ancient warrior. Oh, that makes sense. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, I actually had a problem with that, and it pissed me off. So, oh, his fight, his weapon, or well, in, I mean, well, in general. So there was the super like big ogre like dude that was like everybody wanted to team up and right. destroy him because of oh, how yeah. strong he was. And he had a he had a he had a name of an actual person too, but I can't, I can't remember, remember what it was it right now. The archer oh, no. tried to fight him, and like the archer used like they each had like a special ability, which was like a finisher in a sense. Yeah. And like the archer used his finisher on this like giant beast, and it didn't even dent him. It right. like did nothing. So it was like what the hell? And then all of a sudden. And he goes and fights Giglamesh or Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. <laughs> Gilgamesh. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, it's a weird name in general. But he, he summons a wall of swords and like shoots him, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm dead." Weak, weak fight. How right. does that even happen? You make this guy to be this strong person, and all of a sudden he dies to a wall of inanimate objects. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, the, they shoot out at him. I'm you just know? saying, he Kinda got like hit ten with ten. The finisher she summons a arrow. bunch of weapons. She's useless. Well, I'm not saying that he wasn't useless. He was. A cheat you know i'm just saying how I does agree. he lose to a wall of swords that isn't even like the strong dude's attack but yet right. he couldn't die to archer's strongest attack like, i agree yeah and by the way that character that big character's name was berserker so berserker. it wasn't a popular it wasn't a real name i thought it was that's but it's right not. the yeah. way she said it was cool back to like the whole like final move like the blade works it wasn't even like a cool finishing move no, it was just he, he would, like, just summoned like a second dimension where he everything didn't summon was made it, out of he like thought of it and it brought people into his like mind world yeah which then had like the weapons but there. even still yeah there was just a bunch of swords lying around all over the place and they weren't even like stronger swords it right. just allowed him to like mimic other people's weaponry i think that was technically his like ultimate move he can like mimic people's weapons because when right. archer does it he mimics the holy sword oh that's true and, and then, then when shiro does it, it he, he summons the wall yeah, yeah. I don't know it, it it still wasn't the coolest no. thing by any means it was As very a movie weird. it was like Maybe I would give it like a C. Yeah, I'd give it about that as well. Yeah. Eh. Like you can watch it. You may not understand everything, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not like you feel it looks cheated good. watching it, it. Yeah, it looks good, has great fights, and that's really about it. So yeah. good luck. <laughs> right. You no, know, like I felt better. I felt more satisfied watching this than watching Kite 2. But it wasn't a good movie. I feel know? I like this better than the Naruto Shippuden movie. No, I did too. Yeah, it was a lot easier to watch. But that yeah, that's about, that's all I have about that really. But like anyway, like, even though this movie didn't do fantastic to non fans, they are coming out with a second movie, and I don't know if this is going to be based on like the second season of the show 
or like somewhere further along in the story or something completely different but hopefully they make it more f- more non-fan friendly because i would like to watch it you mm-hmm. know if it like i like i said it was interesting i just wish i i could follow what was happening I agree. I hope it's not so much that only fans can really watch it to understand it. But I mean, if you watch like anything that we've watched anime movie-wise that's based off of like a show, um, even like all the Naruto's, like Naruto's, they don't necessarily portray to the actual anime series itself. Like they're not recap movies. But if you don't know the series, the manga and or the animation itself, you don't know any of the moves or the characters. So you're watching these movies kind of going, how do these people have these moves it's easier to just accept that ninjas have magic powers i guess than to accept that these random humans suddenly know how to do magic i don't know maybe they should title movies slightly differently like even though it's called like naruto shippuden and then there's like naruto shippuden the giant ball of death whatever like maybe they'll have it like <laughs> at least have like a one and two next to it so people know like okay i need to watch that one first if i'm gonna be able to understand this one so at least in the right. first one it can maybe do a semi recap of who they are and their abilities or something so that yeah. new people who don't watch the show or read the manga can at least get some kind of understanding when they watch want to watch a movie I agree with that, but maybe that's why this was called Unlimited Blade Works Fate Stay Night and not just plain old Fate Stay Night. Yeah. Maybe that was our hint that we should have watched something first. It's funny. <laughs> I was talking to Brandon from Magic the Chattering and I was telling him like that we were going to discuss discuss Fate Stay Night in this week's episode and he was like, oh, which one? And he like started naming off all the movies and right. I'm like... I think we watched Unlimited Blade Works and like the way he made it sound like an order this is the one of the newer ones so like we wouldn't even understand it because there's been past movies. Well, he yeah. was correct. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in, when we were looking at it though, there weren't other ones to choose from. This was the only one available so aside from the show. Well, so that's why we were like, "Oh, this must be the first one. Let's yeah. check it out," you know. They didn't have the movie on Netflix. They had the animated series I know on Crunchyroll, but mm-hmm. We watched the movie on Hulu, but we didn't necessarily, like I said, they don't have a one, two, or three, or what part of the series it is. Right. So we just were like, oh, we know Face Day Night because we happen to hear about it back at Fanime Con, so let's just watch this. Yeah. Well, I have a question. Okay. After watching this movie, are you interested in watching the series? Uh, maybe. I mean, in terms of all the anime I'm watching and other TV series, maybe not right this minute. Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, the new Dragon Ball coming out, hopefully, eventually it comes to the U.S. I'm probably going to want to watch that first before probably anything. But I am intrigued. I agree with that. Like this didn't suck me in, you know, enough mm-hmm. to be like I need to watch this and find out Exa- everything else yeah. that's happening. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't make me go like, oh, I that was horrible. I'll never put that in my queue. We'll see. Like, I'm. I want to try to explore more like sport animes before we get back into like fighting because it seems yeah. like everything's always fighting. No. Yeah. I agree. We need to review a sports anime. Anybody that knows a good sports anime that happens to be on Crunchyroll, Netflix, or Hulu that isn't dubbed. Please let us know. We will gladly check them out. In other fighting news, just recently, the U.S. challenged Japan to a, a real-life robot... Giant robot Sorry, fight. sorry. Gigantic <laughs> robot fight. Well, I don't know about gigantic. They I mean, are large. Not, they are huge. They're... Yeah, but I mean, they're not like Gundam size. Oh, just because... But Gundams aren't real anyway, so who cares? Well, they should be. These are giant in terms of what we know. One day. One day. <laughs> One day. The U.S. challenged uh, Japan for a fight one year from now with their two giant robots that they actually currently have made already. And it's between companies, it's between the companies Megabots and Suidobashi Heavy Industries. You know, the interesting thing to me is the fact that both USA and Japan already had robots made. Like, when I first heard about this challenge, 
I assume they're saying like, hey, let's have a robot-based challenge where we're going to build them and then we'll make them fight. Right. Let's build them from scratch. Exactly. You know, and that's kind of what I thought, but that's not it. They both already have giant robots. Yeah. I don't know how long the U.S. has had their Megabot Mark II, though. Like, I want to say it's very recently. Right. It looked like they just finished it, and that's why they were challenging Japan. Because Japan had, has had one for a long time. Right. The one in Japan is actually a commercial robot. You can You can purchase them for i don't know why you would purchase this robot i guess just because why not, why not? yeah you're but, in japan i want a robot <laughs> yeah but they do have it available for purchase and you can get it in different colors and stuff like that and they even have like a training video when you buy one that yeah. tells you how to pilot it so this isn't a new thing yeah and like on top of that too from when looking at both of them the Japanese robot, it's it's very clean and it looks Japanese compared to the yeah, American made one, American which is thing. just like metal. It's, yeah, it's it's like it makes me when I was when I saw the picture, it reminded me of the big daddies from Bioshock Two. Yeah. And it's it's that's what it looks like. It looks like an industrial piece of equipment. It's green and yellow and it's super dirty looking and it's just like this thing. It doesn't I, when I see it, I wouldn't think that's a robot. That's a mecca. Yeah. No, I just think I would use that to tear down my house or something. Yeah, right? You like know? a helpful demolition thing. Right. Kind of like what they had like on the ships for Gigantia. Gigantia? Gargantia? <laughs> like they had on the ship in Gargantia. You yeah. Know, like they have... The Yunboros. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, what they look like. That's, that's exactly what, he, what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, well, let's kind of go over their stats. So you, you, you kind of said what Megabot Mark II, which is the USA-based robot, looks mm-hmm. like. Um, It also... It's... It needs two pilots in there, too. Yeah, to be even run. Well, for one, it's 15 feet tall, and it weighs 12,000 pounds. So they have two pilots to use it. I to, I don't know if that's to walk it or if, like, one's, like, to walk it and the other one's to, like, shoot its Probably. so-called weaponry, kind of like an actual, like, jet fighter I think thing. so, yeah. And um, then it also, it stands on two tank treads mm-hmm. instead of having, like, feet. It rolls, you know? basically. Yeah, it rolls. So, I mean, to me... All that implies is that it's not that um, it's it's top heavy. Yeah, you know you're going to be able to just tip it over. I mm-hmm. think. Well, I mean that's it's slightly different than what the Japanese based one looks like. It's I mean, very well, different. it not looks like, but how it works because the, the oh. Japanese based one it rolls too. Right. But they just have it as four like wheels. So well, it, yeah, it's like a chair. Yeah. So it has much more stability that way. And then since there's four of them and it, it's on giant wheels mm-hmm. instead of treads it has much better maneuverability in it my does. opinion it, it's a lot more high tech so yeah we had just said the american well, based one is very industrial so it's just like metal and it moves and yeah it's very clunky looking yeah and then if you go to the japanese based one which is called the kuratas the kuratas is 13 feet and only ten thousand pounds so right. it's a full two feet less and two thousand pounds lighter yeah but it looks way cooler it does it's a lot sleeker. I think it looks great. And on top of that, it's only piloted by one person. And you don't even have to be inside of it to pilot it either. That was actually super neat when they were going over the video. You can do it from like an iPad. You can even mm-hmm. do it from your phone yeah. if you really want to. And you can do it from like a joystick on the outside as well. Not only is it sleek looking and like it controls by only one person and you can control it various ways, you look through like a monitor on the inside. So you're not just looking through like a graded fence in front of your face to like see outside. You actually have like cameras that are like on the outside of it so that allow you to survey the area while still being like inside the robot. Yeah, they gave an actual cockpit for it and it looks like it's out of um, an anime or something. Yeah. 
It's what I would buy. I'd, I'd like to get one. That'd be awesome. And I think it tops out at six miles an hour. Yeah. That's another of the cool things. You can actually drive this thing. Yeah. In the video, it shows them driving around like town. On the street. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it goes six miles an hour. So so, I, I don't know how fast this American one goes, if it even goes at all. It probably just kind of really goes forward. Slow. Yeah. yeah. Not only are they just like cool looking robots, they actually have weaponry on them as well. So the Japanese one I thought was really neat because it has two different weapons. Yeah, on it has it. a Gatling gun and I can't remember what the other one is. It's a it's a launcher. It's like a it's a cannon. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I think I missed that during when I was watching the video. Yeah. So the Gatling gun the Gatling gun is for BBs, for yes. one thing. But it fires six thousand rounds a minute. That's awesome. And then the launcher, it's not super accurate, but it fires off water bottles or fireworks. I remember seeing that because I was like, because when they're shooting, they like lobbed out kind of weirdly. Yeah. And they, they said it doesn't out. have the ability to rotate the ammo. Yeah. So it just kind of goes and, and just kind of let's hope it hits the target. That's kind of what they said. They said, right. like, even though it's not very accurate, they have enough of them like that shoots out like multiple times. You will eventually hit your target. But what I thought was neat about the Gatling gun is that it has an auto targeting. And they show yeah. a video of a guy who's like strapping Moving left around. and right. And yeah. the thing like auto aims and sticks with him left right. and right which is really cool it was it was super neat it mm-hmm. was like i can't believe that they made something like this you know? right and like, then yeah like so again japanese way advanced in terms of weaponry too right in their robot when you look well, back at the u.s one they have just a cannon that shoots like what paintballs yeah it shoots out three pound paintballs but it shoots up to 100 miles an hour. It's, it's strong, but it's like, come it, on, just well, one but, little... Okay, it shoots up to 100 miles per hour, but you know that that's going to hit? Well, I mean, it didn't say it was accurate either, so we don't know. No. But to me, what's going to do more damage? A three-pound paintball? A three-pound paintball. That's huge. And then BBs. If it hits. Right. Well, if it hits, yeah, but that's if what I'm saying. Hits. What's going to do more damage? A three-pound paintball or a bunch of BBs? Oh, they might want to fix their front gate on their like cockpit yeah, though for their... the American one because it has a bunch of little like air holes and like it's only a screen, so you're gonna it's shoot. just a big cage. You're gonna get wrecked on the inside, so right, it may if not you hit, get the... hit by BBs. You're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna be able to like maybe hurt the robot, but you're definitely gonna mess up the pilots. Well, although the thing about the acceptance video from Japan, though, well, okay, let's talk about the videos. Terrible actually. video for Americans. Yeah, the American video was just these two like college bros who with, built the robot. Yeah, and they've got these American flag capes on, and yeah. they just walk out with with aviator sunglasses, and they're like, <laughs> "Look what we built!" It's and like we they, put a giant gun on it. It's terrible, you know? terrible video. We were like, "Oh God, is this a joke?" You know, I think they sent it to Japan as like a half joke and if they accepted it then cool but otherwise it's just let's make something funny guys you know exactly but the japanese video it was like they created it to be a commercial basically to accept the challenge Mm -hmm. and it's really cool video yeah and the creator was like all right this came out of nowhere but yeah let's go for it and the one thing he had to say to the U.S. was, you know, what are you doing? Make it cooler looking. Yeah, right? He's like, they just build something big and put a gun on it. That's super American. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I agree, because that's kind of what we do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> As a side note, though, I read uh, an article that was pretty much saying, like, yay, awesome, we're going to have a giant robot battle. But telling people, don't get your hopes up. Well, yeah, I think 
the mass people you know yeah. they're just going to be expecting like human fights they're going to be expecting like real steel don't you know? yeah it's not anything like that it's no. going to be slow and clunky and like most likely a one-shot finisher right well i mean if anybody watched robot combat league that was on sci-fi back in 2013 mm-hmm. that's what it's going to be more like you know oh, oh but that's what i was going to say going back to the videos the the japanese guy was like you know i really want to make them more for melee yeah because I mean, we don't want to focus on these guns here you yeah, know and i thought that about. was cool because he's like i want to make this something fun to watch you know let's make them actually fight so that's what i'm looking for a gentleman named clark haynes a commercialization specialist at carnegie mellon university he works in the robotics institute national robotics engineering center really weird <laughs> name for a robot, place to robot, be robot. yeah basically but he's he specializes in robots basically and uh, he's saying that the fight's going to be very anticlimactic, cli- anticlimactic, due to the fact that it's going to be pretty much a one-shot kill. If right. any of them hit, they have like that one year to prepare. But really, he thinks it's going to take like another two or three before they're even really ready to yeah fight to make them as cool as everybody's hoping for. Yeah. I and think it'll take longer. While these robots are functional and can be used they aren't meant to be like fighting each other so the, right. he thinks that the next like couple of years are going to be all about preparing themselves to maybe get rid of those supposed weaknesses getting hit like in the rotating joint in like the arm yeah. once that thing gets broken let's just start shooting fuel everywhere it's done you yeah. can't work a robot once that one thing happens exactly that was the big thing with robot combat league on sci-fi yeah they you know they had like these cool things to kind of um semi-protect them yeah they could protect like key points mm-hmm. but everything had a weakness and everything had a not weakness yeah like so that you could focus on the weak points and mm-hmm. once they hit like that main vein in the arm the arm was dead you yeah. know yeah if they happen to cut off like a certain tube in the stomach then the whole thing's gone so the fight was just it was pretty much over you know i mean it... i loved that show though like we used to watch it every every week when it was out it was fun it was fairly decent like it wasn't just one shot one kill because they also got um like maintenance rounds like they did like a minute yeah, round and between... then you had like five minutes or 20 minutes to repair them and then they go out and fight again right so like sometimes yeah you could repair the arm and it'd be functional again but like then again it'd just get tapped and be done but it it was pretty much yeah like one tube like even if you were to knock out the arm not only would it lose its function in its arm but if it was built not 100 percent like individual pieces that one thing would be just pumping oil which then killed your whole robot because all that oil needs to be in there for more than just the arm exactly and i'm thinking that was probably one of the worst things about that show was that these robots couldn't stand on their own Mm -hmm. they had to have like a pole behind them that were kind of like puppets to keep them standing up Mm -hmm. and walking forwards and backwards so these real robots aren't going to have that i think it's going to make a huge difference like Mm -hmm. i'm saying with the american one if if the Japanese one knocks it over, it's done. Oh, yeah. Whereas I don't think the American one's going to be able to knock over the Japanese one because it has spider legs. You Maybe. Know? But then again, it's also a lot bigger and heavier, so it has the height and technically it should have the reach advantage. It might well, be able just to use its weight it advantage takes to out a leg. push it out. Yeah. Well, it didn't even take out a leg. I think you could still tip it over. I don't know. I guess we would have to see. Like, we'll, we'll find I just, out I'm in a couple to years. Imagine. I, th- I see it pushing it around, mm-hmm. but not actually pushing it over unless it lifts it up. Okay. Well, might, maybe it will. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's taller. It can get like underneath it with its like arms, and maybe it could right. like chuck it or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> if it was me, I would just raise up. Well, no, because then it's not a fight anymore, though. Because mm-hmm. you could just raise up the Japanese one and just kind of like 
you know, you would kind of be the tall guy waiting for the little guy to swing his arms at you and not hit anything. Well, who's to say that it's 13 foot height is when it's maxed out on its wheels? That's very true. You know, I don't know. So anyway, I look forward to seeing it in about a year or two when I do it actually too. happens. Hopefully we can get Chris Jericho to host this match as well. You know, <laughs> no, he was so bad. I know he didn't. He did. I'm sorry, job at, like, but you didn't do a good sci-fi job. Host thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was that was awful. Like, I, yeah, he was probably the worst part of it. Yeah, he could have done a lot better. I was expecting more from him, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe this would have given him time. He has a year to practice. Okay, exactly. <laughs> I think because he thought it was going to be super cool, like everybody else, and it wasn't as cool as everybody was thinking. And so it was just kind of like, well, this is what I have to work with. Yeah, uh, you know I'll what just I do mean? what I can. Yeah, because like. I think they ended up having to do a lot more with this with Robot Combat League mm-hmm. to make people more interested because the fights didn't last long. No, so they ended up focusing the episodes on the people and, like, and then the drama they would try to like right. And then bring during up. the fights themselves, they had to add all those sparks mm-hmm. and things like that. It's like I really hope that they don't do that with this actual fight. I don't you think know? so because it's not a show based like right. Thing. It's, it's just a uh, one time. Let's go. It might not even be like filmed for TV. Yeah, to be it'll probably be filmed for YouTube. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm cool with that, you know. <laughs> well, like I said, we'll find out here hopefully in a year or two. Um, right. I look forward to it. Me too. I like robots. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how you can actually like purchase the Japanese one to like go ride around in and whatnot? Yeah. Commercial use, I would guess. Would you think people just start like using it to drive around town to like go shopping and stuff like that? Or do you think- I would. would really? Could you imagine? Yeah. How cool would that thing be? But then we're just going to be lazy people. Yeah. We're already well, lazy enough as it is. I guess it depends on how much gas it takes. True. Because you know, if it took like $50 to fill that thing up just to go to the, to the, the grocery store, store or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, like, would it really be more efficient than taking a car? No. It's just cooler. Yeah. But Who I, wouldn't want to ride around in a giant Mecca? I guess. I'm just saying, like, because <laughs> we're not going to turn to those instead of cars anymore anytime soon. I, I just, no. I don't see the That's not the point. overall point. There is no point. It's just you're going to buy a robot for the hell of it? Yeah. Ugh. If you have, like, millions of dollars and you can afford this robot, why not? I guess. I don't know. I feel like it's lazy. Well, then I will be the laziest of them all. That's fine. Everybody's (laughs) kind of lazy. And so, not only are you going to buy a transforming car, now you're also going to buy a robot. Yes. Okay. We're we're going to be so robot-filled at our house, it's going to be ridiculous. Well, we would have to have a fancy (laughs) robot house. Yeah. I guess. Probably. I don't know. We're just going to be huge tech giants. Well, we're not going to be tech giants. The robots are the tech giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's back in Japanese news again. I guess he's done... I did not know he was ever in Japanese news. <laughs> yeah, he's done two different like advertisements for random things in Japan, which they do some random things. So like the first time he was out there was a year ago. He's a soccer player, right? Yeah, he, he plays portugal for the world team i think right now he's on real madrid but anyway so he was in japan and a year ago he was in japan and he did like this like smile muscle thing that they created like basically you take like this like mouth guard and you put it in your mouth and it has like two wings on the outside oh they did that on shake it up and down they did that on buzzfeed did they yeah that's right okay so (laughs) (laughs) he did he helped try to like advertise and sell it yeah. And it's supposed to, like, help your, like, face muscles be right. stronger because he has such, like, a nice smile. Or at least people think he has a nice smile. So they're like, let's use him to, like, get people to have his smile by using this thing. Oh. 
You know what I Did mean? Did he actually do it? No. Like, it's funny if, like, out of all the advertisements you see, he's there and there's other people using it around him, but he never once actually puts it in his mouth. Oh, uh, he probably thought it was too stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> it's really weird. He yeah, just kind of, but... like, has this look on his face like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I? What did yeah. I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> really, really weird. Well, anyway, he was back in Japan this year again, but this time it was for a muscle stimulator on his biceps his thighs and like his abs and it was oh like those little pulsy kind of things yeah but i guess maybe it's more advanced now so maybe it's stronger i don't know there's multiple yeah. versions of the thing so it's not like it's a new right get quick scheme to become fit well they don't actually work either though. Uh, who knows yeah <laughs> so anyway he was advertising this new one that came out and it's supposed to help you get that washboard look I think actually my mom used to have one like that. Really? Yeah, or something like that. But like you put it on and it's like a belt and it just has these little electrode things in it mm-hmm. and it just kind of like stimulates your muscles and like turns them off and on. You know, and, stuff, and you know? it's like I'm, doing crunches without actually doing crunches. Exactly. And I actually use that when I go to my chiropractor, but it's for my back. Because oh. like he like stimulates my lower back muscles, which are like super tight, trying to help yeah, loosen them. Exactly. So I might go get it just for my back. <laughs> I don't need those washboard abs. I just need to loosen I need a washboard back. Yeah, really? I do. Because, man, it's not comfortable when it's super tight. But there's a 30-second video, and literally he's just, like, standing there in his boxers with, like, on his thighs, his abs, and his biceps. Oh, but he's actually using this one. He's using it, yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. I I guess as long as he's actually using this one. Because otherwise, I'd be like, we're going to stop hiring you if you're not going to actually use our product. Yeah, the whole, it's an actual, like, commercial. it, It shows him standing there with it, working on it, and... And there's like some Japanese messages in the background. We have it linked if people want to watch it. So, okay. Yeah. What they should have done, well, if they still want to use him for further commercials, they can mm-hmm. totally make him a spokesperson for the beer slushy maker thing. They could, <laughs> but I don't think that would work because he's so fit and beer's supposed to give you like a beer belly. So I don't think he would <laughs> promote well, beer drinking. <laughs> that's, I mean, but it, but okay. So it's, it's by <laughs> Kirin Ichiban, which is like a super popular beer in Japan. One and of my favorite here. beers, by the way. Yeah. It's one of the top beer companies that come from there. There's like Sapporo, Kirin, and... Asahi. And Asahi. That's right. Yeah. But they made this slushy maker thing. And, you know, beer goes hand in hand with sports. So even if he doesn't drink it, they sell. that's all they sell at the arenas, especially in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense to have him do it because he's an athlete and beer being huge at games and stuff like right. that. Right. That would make much more sense it than would. doing this, like, electric machine mabob. Yeah. You know? Really. Though, I don't know. I don't remember hearing that they have it anywhere, like, at, like, Japanese stadiums or no. in, like, Europe by any means. Right. It started off as a promo item. And it got so huge that they decided to start selling it commercially. Right. So, they actually have it at arenas here, though. Yes. Um, They have it at Dodger Stadium in LA. Mm-hmm. And then they have it at Epcot Center at Disney World, and which is interesting. Have, yeah. We're weird. Yeah. And then they also have it at uh, the Yankee Stadium in New York. Right. So, I mean, if you're in any of those places, you mm-hmm. can try this thing out, which is actually pretty cool. You you can also go online and i think it's like 130 bucks to buy it yeah that, so, that's only because it's 30 bucks for shipping yeah but like let's actually look at this so it's a machine that helps keep your beer cold because japan's on a big like ice cold beer kick mm-hmm. and they're like how can we do this so that when we go to sporting events or just events in general that we can keep our beer cold it doesn't actually make your beer a slushy. Exactly. What it does is it makes the top of your beer, the the, the head on top, instead of it just being foam, mm-hmm. it's actually frozen beer slushy. Yeah. So it insulates the actual rest of the beer. Mm-hmm. And then when it melts, it's made out of beer. So it just tastes... Helps. Yeah, it tastes the same. So you know? like... 
yeah, you, you're gonna take your beer, you're gonna pour it three quarters of the way up, and then you're gonna like slurpy top the top of your beer with this stuff. I think it's a great thing for sports now and just like barbecues because it keeps your beer colder for like 30 minutes, and that's always a good thing. I, I don't actually like beer though, <laughs> but apparently with this machine, you can even make an entire slushy beer out of it technically like because most people what they do like what justin was saying you have your actual beer in there and you just top it off with mm-hmm. the slushy but i mean you can just fill your entire cup with the slushy if you really want to yeah so the way it works is it blows cold air into the beer all the way down to 23 degrees fahrenheit i guess i don't know what that would be in celsius a freezing um, point zero something. yeah i don't know i think and 32 fahrenheit is the same as 32 fahrenheit or uh. celsius <laughs> no it's not however reading that somewhere like the freezing point in celsius is the same freezing point in fahrenheit oh well i i don't know but then it dispenses the frozen stuff when you hit the button i don't know how do you know how long it's been at these arenas probably not long not enough. long to my knowledge yeah so maybe if it like picks up they'll start having it at other places and then everybody can experience this amazing thing well maybe other beers like coors light or bud light or whatever will can buy the rights to use the technology and we'll have tons of brands made well yeah i mean i guess theoretically you should be able to do it with any beer right theoretically but i mean the machine itself well i know is... it's a cute machine yeah but so... if i bought it at home i could put whatever the hell i want in well there. yeah at home yes well that's what i'm saying yeah, but so like... i mean i could use like my hard ciders in there if i really want to i think that'd be weird why i don't know I just feel like that'd be weird. How would that be any I'm just weirder saying, than I, a beer slushy to have a cider <laughs> slushy? If anything, it would be the same. It would probably if be the not same. better. I just meant like at like sporting <laughs> events, maybe they'll have like some kind of contract saying that they can only pour Kirin beer through the Kirin oh, well, yeah. slushy maker. So well, like, I'm sure, but I, I was talking about at home. Uh, I see. I thought you were talking about like, sporting events having other beers be able to be used with it. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think anybody, you're at home, do what you want. You can. Even turn it into like a Coke beer slushy or something. Well, you could, I mean, yeah, you could make a slushy out of anything, really. But I, I don't no, know because, be good. yeah. I had like a random idea of like grape beer. Grape? Like, yeah, like grape flavored beer. And I was like, no, nah, that'd probably be nasty to mix that together. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like grape Kool-Aid grape and beer, together. <laughs> grape beer would be just like nasty wine. What was I thinking? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> Maybe they'll have this cold, like, slushy beer topper at the San Francisco Cosplay Festival that's coming into town. If it's only at those arenas, I doubt it. But that's another thing that they could use it for. Well, yeah, but a lot of these events tend to be um, oh, like self run thing, you know? That's so true. people can just, like, oh, I'm going to go put up a tent and I'll sell beer. A tent? Come <laughs> to my tent. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's called a booth. Well, okay. A tent's a booth. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, bring your own machine yeah, to do it. Yeah, if you have a food vendor. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that people should get more often, these food go. vendors. Like, it's- look, people. Look into this thing, because yeah. I'm sure you would get a lot more business if people found out that you had a beer slushy machine. Yeah, right? At your Ice cold beer, booth. and it's going to be hot in San Francisco, I'm sure. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. San Francisco is one of those places where it's like, yeah. it's either hot or freezing. True. <laughs> but either way, it's been warm these last few weeks and months, and so I'm sure it'll be a warm day in San Francisco. Right. Because tomorrow, mm-hmm. they're having the San Francisco... <laughs> the name always throws me off, but the thing tomorrow is actually called the San Francisco Anime Festival and Cosplay. And it throws me off because it should just be the Anime and Cosplay Festival or something. But it's not. It's the Anime Festival and Cosplay. Like, it's just tacked onto the end. It's like an afterthought, really. Right, which is funny because the festival itself is mostly focused on cosplay. Huh. So it doesn't really make sense. So really, it should be the cosplay 
and anime. Yeah, it yeah. really should. Um, so it's happening tomorrow in San Francisco, Japantown at the, the Japantown Mall, which is where they had the Cherry Blossom Festival and all the other sorts of Japanese stuff that mm-hmm. happens there. There's going to be lots of food vendors, so they should somebody should get on the ball and get this slushy maker thing there, really at least for should. next year. Yeah. Jeez. They might have a live band. I don't remember if I read that or not. I want to say I did, but I actually might not have. There's going to be lots of fa- uh, cosplay people to be there and answer questions and help other cosplayers new to the whole thing. They're actually having this person named Reika from Osaka come in. They've been cosplaying for 20 years. Wow. And that's like the special guest. So okay. they're going to be there to walk around, answer questions. They're going to have like... Um, I think not like a fashion show, not a cosplay fashion show, but something along those lines to like showcase cosplay. Mm -hmm. And then they're even going to have these really nice photographers there. So people who are dressed up can do photo shoots and stuff around the area. Awesome. Yeah. So it should be pretty fun. We're not going, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but we'll definitely put links up and hopefully I'm sure you can find anything on Facebook and Twitter. We'll link their Facebook page. So this is happening tomorrow, and if you want to let us know how it goes, feel free to do that. We would like to know. That way, maybe we can make it out next time. So hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope you guys enjoy the event. That about does it for us for this episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SuperSegoyCast. You can also send us some emails at SuperSegoyCast at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud at SuperSegoyCast, or you can look us up at our host website, notlg.com. You can also find us and review us on iTunes as well at SuperSegoyCast under the podcast section. Also, as always, a special thank you to Alex Barroza for our music because it's amazing and we love it. It's fantastic. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. of the living